Have you ever wondered how do you monetize your podcast without monetizing your audience? How's that even possible? Today's podcast, we're going to dive into exactly that with my special guest today, Jamie Atkinson. Have you ever heard a story that just made you feel, wow, I'm ready, I'm fired up? A story that captures everyone's attention and gets you to spread it to all your friends? Or how about a story that creates real impact and connection with the audience? Why do stories do this? And how can we create stories like this in business? I've been obsessed with figuring these questions out. I've been starting and failing multiple online businesses now for two years, struggling to find an audience I truly wanted to serve. It wasn't until I discovered my dream customers were struggling with these exact questions, except I didn't know where to find these people. I hopped on a plane to the US to attend a marketing conference that I met my dream customers, and I saw firsthand how powerful stories really are. After that, I went all in on my hunch. If you're looking for the real secrets behind how stories can get your audience fired up, to take action, and to change their lives through your words, this podcast is for you. My name is Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, this is Jules Dan here from Storytelling Secrets. We're on episode 99. We're getting very close to the episode 100. And uh, if you checked out my email, I probably had the best dad joke of all time. If you're not on my email list, get on it, definitely. But uh, but anyways, we're not talking about that. We're talking all about uh, podcasts today. So I I had uh, Daxi Perez come on last time talking about podcasts and growing your business. This one is really special to me because uh, I think I mentioned this inside the actual before the interview, but I went through a year ago almost on December 2nd, I launched Storytelling Secrets through Podcast Private Lab. And uh, it was awesome. I, I got ranked 132 in the entrepreneurship category on day one. I got flooded with over 60 legit reviews on day one. And I use my podcast as a secret sales weapon. So we're definitely going to get into that today. There's going to be a lot of interesting breakthrough moments, especially if you're on the fence about starting a podcast uh, and you're worried, you know, like, oh, do I have to have thousands of followers for it to be worth it? Trust me, it is so worth it, especially if if you just love having a chat like myself. <laughs> but anyways, getting a bit ahead of myself, who was my guest today? His name is Jamie Atkinson. He's a bit of a young gun like me, but he's definitely quite a few steps ahead of me. We met at a marketing conference. It was Off a Mind in 2019. When I first met him, little Jamie was, oh, he's actually only a year older than me, but Jamie, had, he just finished his beta launch of Podcast Profit Lab. Podcast Profit Lab, and he made around 25k, and that was in 20 December, uh, September 2019. And since then, I asked him about how his progress was before this call. I was just absolutely flabbergasted. Like, how's it going, Jamie? He's like, "Oh yeah, you're pretty good. We're on the way to a million. Like, made 250k last financial year." I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" And he's like, "You want to know what's even crazier? Uh, people who have been going through Podcast Profit Lab and using our system to monetize their podcast." are now at over six million bucks. Like so so crazy. Um so that's Jamie. So he he runs the the Facebook group um podcasting one oh one. I'll link that in the description below. And um he runs Podcast Profit Lab, which I highly, highly recommend by the way. Um if you're ever thinking about starting a podcast, it's how I started this podcast. So 
you know, proof is in the pudding. I don't normally plug stuff unless I've actually used it. So, yeah, it says something, right? Anyways, enjoy my conversation today with Jamie. We're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff like why you should be thinking about using a podcast to monetize um, and it's not your guest that you're monetizing. So it's not your it's not your uh, audience that you're monetizing. Gave it away there a bit. Anyways, um, and obviously, ha- how do you actually get in touch with those 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 big name people? Um, you can get in touch with them. You can really elevate your status. We talk about that, and we also talk about why it's so valuable to have emails and podcasts as your two super media as your two like media weapons. I've said enough, enjoy the episode, and I hope you enjoy today's podcast with Jamie Atkinson. This is Jules Dan. I'm here joined with Jamie Atkinson, and uh, Jamie's, he's a special guest because you might probably, you might not know this, everyone, but uh, to my listeners, I started the podcast um, from joining Jamie Atkinson's podcast, Profit Lab, and it was all back in December, De- December 2019. It was the first round that everyone went through. Um, after his, his beta and I remember there was a lot of excitement, everyone, everyone got through that. Everyone was helping each other out. Um, I remember that launch, everyone was getting insanely good rankings and numbers and yeah, I, I was, I'm really, really grateful for, for Jamie for putting him on that path and we're on episode 89 as we speak right now on the way to hundred. And so I'm really grateful that he's on the show today. So Jamie, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Dude, I'm so proud of you because I was just talking last week and I said, one of the things I'm the most proud about with our students is that they don't just like do a launch and then it's like, okay, on to the next thing. And then they never do anything else again, right? Like they stick with it. And I'm so proud that you're like on the way to like a hundred episodes. That's absolutely crazy. And yeah, dude, I, I'm, I'm just happy to hang out and to chat. And uh, isn't the world a little bit different since we were there in December, huh? Oh, it's totally, totally different. Yeah. And like, couldn't be better to start a podcast, I reckon. Um, Not, couldn't be any better, right? This is yeah. this is the perfect time. Everyone's at home. They're going to listen to stuff, right? Why are you not out there already? Anyway, all right, let's. Uh... <laughs> exactly. And uh, I think it's a really good idea that you sort of latched onto a podcast because like, uh, like just for everyone listening here, uh, we could go in multiple different directions because I just want to have a chat with Jamie. But, um, you know, I was listening to a podcast from Russell yesterday and he, he even said, um, you know, they could technically shut down email tomorrow just from, from government law for whatever reason, like probably unlikely. And I was thinking, what's the other one platform that they wouldn't shut down and it's podcasts. So, yeah. Cause I mean, if you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, if you're on LinkedIn, if you're on any platform and you're doing marketing activities, the truth is like you are just one upset bot from clicking a button and you getting shut out. And, you know, we actually experienced this, Jules, right? Back in January of this year, we had all of our business was coming through Facebook and through other mediums, you know, alongside of our podcast. And, you know, Facebook shut us down. And and it's a very real thing. And they didn't just shut down my page or anything like that. They shut down my personal profile. We nearly lost our group. And, and literally yeah. overnight, everything we we had got in place to generate leads and generate sales disappeared. People thought I disappeared online. I I had some people reach out to me recently. They were like, dude, we thought you disappeared for six months. And that's where owning your own platform, whether it's podcast or email, and I actually focus quite heavily on both of those platforms. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really, really smart move, especially going forward, you know? Yeah, exactly. I remember you were doing some training, it was like a three-day training. And then like the second day, it just didn't come out. 
And then it was just this pause in the, in the training. And then I remember Gina just appeared. Everyone's like, oh, what? What is this a surprise? But you, you handled it really well. So kudos for doing that. Um, and so you mentioned that you're combining, you know, podcasts with, with your email, you know, like what's, what's the strategy there? What's the thinking behind it? Um, what's your business look with, with yeah. those two things? Great question. I think the biggest thing is a couple of things. Um, I love podcasts because of the authenticity. I think, you know, everybody listening to this is going to really understand what I'm talking about because you're here listening to a podcast, but you just see the real person, right? You, you see behind the lens, you, you hear about the mess ups, you see what's happening. And I think there's a really deep connection you can get with your audience when they do that. And, and it's really well documented that podcast customers are the most profitable customers and the reason that I love email and I think that it, that it goes hand in hand with those two is it's another platform that gives you the opportunity to, again, really connect with your customer. And a lot of people do it very, very wrong. But the truth is, you know, if, if somebody was going to give you a product, let's say you bought a product online, where are they going to send the receipt? Well, they're not going to send it in the post. They're not going to send it to your Facebook messenger. They're going to send it to your email. Email is still the primary uh, kind of online communication device out there. And it's very much not dead. And, and you know, you can make a lot yeah. of money through that platform. So I, I really love the combination of the two. And as you know, Jules, like our focus is always about monetizing podcasts because everybody in their dog has seen an online course about here's how to start a podcast and here's what to talk about and here's what yeah. platform. But what we really love to focus on is the thing that nobody else talks about. It's how do you actually make money with it and, and not like 12 months time, like now, like how do you make money today? Exactly. Like I, I think people will get into podcasting for maybe the wrong reasons or they're just given there's like misinformation about how to quote make it with podcasts. Um, but the way you've done it is that there's this particular spin up. Maybe I don't want to spoil it, but you don't monetize your, your audience. You monetize your dot, 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 dot. Who do you monetize Jamie? Yeah. I mean, isn't that a good point? Cause everybody listening right now says, well, how can you make money if you don't monetize your audience? And then everybody's probably thinking, oh, he's talking about ads. No, we're not talking about ads. We're not talking about sponsorships. We're not talking about anybody, you know, coming in and paying, you know, for the podcast. And most people get really confused by this. They say, well, how can you monetize a show without actually selling to your audience? And before I kind of tell you guys how it's done, I think it's really important to understand that the reason we don't focus on monetizing the audience is that 99.9% .9 of people who start a brand new podcast, it's very, very, very difficult for you to build up a massive audience in a short yep. space of time. Like unless you're an existing influencer who already has an email list or a following, you know, it, it's, it's almost impossible, I would say, to go and make $1,000 or more from your podcast unless you literally have hundreds of thousands of people listening to the show. So we changed the environment and we said, okay, well, what if instead we can show you how to use your podcast to attract your dream customers as guests and then to actually sell directly to those guests on the back end of the podcast interview. So instead of selling to the people who are listening to your show, you just give great content. And then after the podcast interview is done, you sell to the person that you've been interviewing. And Julie, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you know this updated number because we, we just literally found it out. But in the 12 months or so since we've launched the podcast Profit Lab, I think we've generated for not, not us personally, but our clients that have used podcast closing. I think they've generated upwards of $6 million through podcast That's closing. Nuts. That's nuts. Pretty crazy, right? Yeah. I, I love the concept that you've come up with. 
I've, I've heard a few people use it before, but then like no one's really come up with a system with Podcast Profit Lab. And that's why I was really drawn to it. Like, yes, you do need to get your podcast up and running, but then like, what are the next steps to get people onto the show? Because that's that's a skill in itself. You can't just assume just because you're a podcaster, people will come onto your show um, and you break that down pretty well. I've had some luck doing cold email and, and making it. Um, I really like to make fun of uh, podcast agencies with like copy paste <laughs> your name, your podcast, and then it's just a massive pitch about their guest and nothing about me. I'm like, this is just like direct response one-on-one. Like it's not talking about you at or like me, the customer 100%. at all. So um but before we get into that, uh, like sidetracking, um, what is podcast closing? Yeah, great question. So, so most people, when they think of selling, they, and if we're really honest, I think a lot of people think selling is a bad thing, right? They're like, oh, like, I don't know if I can sell somebody, Jamie, that sounds like a little invasive. And the truth is, you know, if you think of selling, selling is really just about recommending and giving somebody a product that's either going to enhance their life or allow them to make more money in their business. If you think of selling like that, it's, it's actually a really great thing. And everywhere in the world we are sold to on a daily basis and we love it as consumers if there wasn't selling the world wouldn't exist and i think a lot of people get really worried about that and they think that selling is this bad thing but the truth is like if you have a great product or if you believe in yourself yeah. selling can be a very very natural thing and and this is what i try and teach people with podcast closing instead of you having to go and pitch somebody all you need to do is get the right person to come on a podcast interview who is your dream customer. So if my dream customer is an entrepreneur, I'm not going to just interview Sue and Larry down the road who don't have a business, right? I want to make sure I get the right person on my show who is, you know, somebody that wants to get their message out to the masses. Tip number one, we've got the right person that's on the show. And then the second thing we do is we, we just focus on the relationship because I think people forget sometimes that people are people and people buy from people right? People don't buy things they buy from based on emotion. And I I was really fascinated. I read a study online not so long ago that actually said that, that most people believe that buying decisions are both emotional and logical. But there's actually a study done with a bunch of lab rats and it was, you know, apparently very well accredited. And it actually showed that even when we're making a logical decision, it's using the emotional part of our brain. So every decision is based on emotion. And the best way to have an emotion connection and, and to build that trust with somebody is through a genuine relationship. And the thing I love about a podcast interview is it's a really great environment for you to open up to somebody. You know, I've had conversations with some of my friends and never really talked much deeper than the surface level. But when I get on a podcast interview, we're digging into past and family and and all of these things that are deep right down inside. And and when you do that, you're able to get this very, very fast and genuine relationship and connection with the person that you're being interviewed by or, or the person that you're interviewing. And once you've built that relationship, the next step then is actually really simple. You, in that process, are going to learn a little bit about them and you already know who they are and probably that they need your products because you've invited them onto the show. And the next step, is really just to make them an offer. So many people get terrified with the sales process, but the reality is, and and I love this because it's so powerful, the Mm -hmm. more offers you make, the more sales you will make. And most people don't realize, but most sales decisions, they kind of break down like this. When you make someone an offer, 50% of people are just going to say yes right away because it's what they want. 20% 
20% of people are going to say no, because it's not what they want. And that 30% in the middle, that's where your salesmanship and your ability comes in. But if you look at, yeah. you know, the majority of that, that decision, it's really just a, a yes, most of the time, 50-50, more times than not. So even if you're the worst salesperson in the world, you suck, you don't know how to present your product, you're just like, oh, I think I'm going to help you. Maybe, do you want to work together? Right? Even yeah. if you suck at it and you make enough offers, the reality is people are going to say yes. And because you've built that relationship on the podcast, it can be very, very easy to get people to say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk to you about that. That's something I actually need, you know? Yeah, exactly. Let, I want to use me as an example because uh, I thought it might be a little great case study. Oh, I love this. Okay, a bit cool. Of, bit of a how-to. Okay, so what I did was that I listened to Russell where you quite use your dream 100, right? So you have your area of expertise. So for me, it's email copy or for me on my podcast, it's just marketing, but there are heaps of subsections of marketing. I can get into There's paid traffic. There's uh, YouTube ads, Facebook ads. There's, I don't know, a whole bunch of little, little, little niches that I can bring people onto my show. And so what I kind of did was I just do a little bit of research. Like, do they have an email list? I opt into their list. What are they doing? Cause, cause I write emails for a living. Right. And I just see if there's any gaps in there. And then after the conversation, um, you know, I just hint that, Oh, I've just checked. I've just, I saw your list. Um, you know, like you're doing, I didn't actually sell on that. And then a couple of times I just followed up saying like, Hey, I know there's a few areas of improvement. Would you like some help with that? A couple of times people have said yes. Uh, other times, uh, you know, success rate hasn't been that good. I've gotten a few clients out of it. Maybe it's just the people being like, I'm actually good. So they weren't the right fit for what I've got. But yeah, I just love to hear, um, you know, in your opinion, is that how you would take podcast closing from after an interview to the next step? Yeah, I love this. I, I love the live case study. So yeah, so there's a couple of things you can do, which are going to make your life a million times easier. And the number one thing to remember when podcast closing, and obviously for folks who are new here, we're, we're digging in a little bit deeper because Jules already has you know a pretty good understanding. But the simple version is you invite your dream customer on, you build an inter, uh, you do an interview and build a relationship, and then you make them an offer for your service on the back end. Now, if we go a little bit deeper, the, the easiest way to get a podcast close is to turn the conversation into an inbound lead. So what do I mean by that? Well, an outbound lead is somebody where you cold email or you cold prospect or you cold call and yeah. you say, hey, stranger, you don't know me, but I would like to work with you. Do you want to? And when you turn it to an inbound lead, it's them coming to you and saying, hey, I want to know a little bit about what you're doing. And there's been a ton of studies done that have shown that an inbound lead and an inbound sale is three to four times more valuable and more likely to close. So what you want to do in this process is you basically want to use the art of open loops and with uh, teasing, as I like to call it. And, and there's a ton of really simple and easy ways that you can do this. So I'm going to give you sort of my playbook of different techniques you can do here, Jules, and for anybody that's listening. And we, once we implemented these little hacks and these little tips, we found that the vast majority of podcast interviews that we do, they actually turn into inbound leads. We had one interview we did with uh, somebody who's now a friend of mine. And yes. halfway through the interview, she's like, Jamie, I need to talk to you about this partnership thing. I'm definitely in. Let's do it after the interview, right? She interrupted me mid-interview to say she wanted to work with me. So That's when you do response. this really, really well, you know, it, it, it's actually really powerful. And, and the first thing that we do is we want to give people a hint about what we do without telling them the whole story. We want to get them curious. 
So what do you do when you get on a podcast interview with somebody? Well, if you're a polite person, the very first thing you say is, hey, Jules, what's up? How are you doing? Right? And when you ask somebody how they're doing, what are they going to ask back to you? They're going to say, hey, how are you doing? Right? And they're going to ask you that question back. So the first thing I do is as soon as I get on a podcast interview, I ask them how they are. And 99.9% of the time, they ask me how I am back. And that's where I tell them exactly what I do. And that's where I give them the first part of curiosity. So Jules, in in your position, I'm going to give you an example of what we do and what I would suggest that you do. And then you can use that as an example. So for us, we we are looking- (laughs) Direct coaching call. Right. I love this. So, um, so the very first thing that I do is we, we're looking for partners for the podcast profit lab. So I'm interviewing somebody who has a big audience and I want them to do a joint venture partnership with me. So the first thing I say is when they say, Hey, Jamie, how are you? I say, Oh my gosh, I'm absolutely fantastic. We're just on the back end of doing a massive JV with one of my partners. So boy, am I a little exhausted? Yeah. Nothing else. Right. Oh, you've just done a really big JV with a partner first hint has been dropped. And what usually happens is because you drop that in right at the beginning, they're thinking about that the whole way through a lot of the time. And I'm going to talk you through another couple of hints that we can drop. So Jules, in your position, you were just telling me about an amazing case study, you know, before we jumped on this. Hey, Jules, how are you? Oh my God. Amazing. We just had a client and they've only got a really small list of 2000 people, but we just did a launch on the back end and we just generated 160 K. So me and him, we were just on a zoom call a while ago, just celebrating. It's awesome. How's your yeah. day going? Right. Immediately you're Intrigued. giving them exactly what you do. A massive result, a massive win, even better if you can share numbers. And immediately, even if they didn't think that what they're going to do in their mind, Jules is say, ah, oh, I've got a 3000 person email list or a 20,000 person email list. And they're going to do the math and they're going to go, oh, that could be 1.6 million, right? And that's going to open up the curiosity element of actually going and digging in a little bit more. So that's that's the very first thing. And I do that right at the beginning of the interview before anything is even recording. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Um, okay. That makes a lot more sense now. Because um, when I was going through, I don't want to reveal like too much what's in Podcast Profit Lab because- I mean, sure. We, don't, can, we can talk about it. That's totally yeah. fine. I'm all about giving it away, right? <laughs> okay, okay, cool. I'm about that philosophy too, because like, just a bit of a side note, I've always, I found that recently, maybe in 2020, just with what's going on in the world, the people who are giving away a lot of their secrets and being like, I'm only, because I can accept 1% will do it and 99% I've created reciprocity for- um, it just made it, it. I don't know why. I'm seeing it a lot. A lot of big experts are doing this, and it just seems to get a lot, a lot of you know trust and respect from that person. I don't know if you found the same. Yeah, I mean, the truth is, information is free, right? Anybody can find the information if they want to. So why don't you just give them the information on the platter? Because what is going to make them money and make them successful isn't the information; it's help in executing on the information. And that's really what any program or coaching or anything is. It's hey, I'm going to walk you through the process of executing on this information because it's just like baking a cake, right? I could give you all of these different recipes, but if you don't have you know, there's no good baking a cake from seven different cake recipes, right? It's just going to end up like a hot mess. So you give them the right information in the right order, but then you say, okay, and now I'm going to help you actually go and do it. And and a lot of the time people go all in with that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, I was getting a bit sidetracked there, but let's shift gears because I want to talk about, because inside Podcast Profit Lab, you know, you ask about, there are certain sort of probing questions inside of it to see 
what's going on. And, you know, I had a bit of a trouble sort of understanding and figuring this out because um, I brought this person on to talk about their expertise. Let's just say it's like pay traffic. Um, but then there, there are some questions like what's a common mistake you're seeing your client, your students make, or, um, that's probably not a good example. <laughs> um, but there, I think, you know what I mean? There are just some sort of questions that they get them to sort of reveal, you know, maybe gaps in their business. Um, yeah. but, but I was really, but I've been really focused on, you know, just getting as much value and content out of them about their piece, uh, their expertise. So what would you say in response to, you know, playing both games. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really important to, to really, the most important thing to focus on is the relationship because, you know, if you go in and and you try and be, you know, like, okay, I'm going to ask these very specific questions that are going to give me these very specific answers. You know, sometimes it can feel a little wooden and and really what you want to do is build that relationship and trust so that you can be candid and honest with them. And, And what this really is, it's a game of, you know, revealing and teasing what you do so that you get them curious enough but in a way that you're still building that really solid relationship. So, you know, when, whenever I'm, I'm actually on a, a podcast interview, I really like to do something uh, as an interviewer called, that we call controlling the narrative. And if you think about, you know, let's say, for example, Jules, you're doing email copywriting, right? Well, what are all of the things? If you imagine that the email copywriting is this one big arrow that's like going through what are all the miniature little arrows that are surrounding email copywriting? Well, you can talk about advertising, you can talk about paid advertising, you can talk about copy, you can talk about follow-up. There's lots of things that surround email copywriting. So what I always like to do is I like to control the narrative of the conversation. So, hey, if I want to talk about podcasting and I want to talk about podcast monetization, I'm going to talk about publishing, I'm going to talk about Facebook, I'm going to talk about, you know, Facebook banning people, I'm going to talk about all of the things that invite a conversation around the thing that I am very, very good at and that I want them to know about. So for example, if you have your dream customer on the interview, you know, there's a couple of things you can ask them. You can say, Hey, like, you know, what do you think is the the biggest thing that's slowing you down right now in your business? And most of the time they aren't going to give you a super, super truthful answer with that because they're on a podcast interview, right? They want to be seen as an expert and they they usually have got their guard up. They don't want to tell people, Hey, like I suck at this, right? (laughs) It's, it's rare that people are going to be that way because they want to protect their image. But instead you can actually talk about the conversation around it. Hey, I want to change gears for a second here. And I want to say, how are you finding your follow-up right now? Because everybody that I speak to with COVID, they're finding the front end sale is the hardest, but once they get it, they're finding that people go right the way up their value ladder. What's it like? What's it been like for you? And, and then they start to talk about it. Then maybe they're going to say, oh, you know what? Yeah, you know, we've actually found that that we've had actually more sales on the front end and, and on the back end. It says, oh, wow, amazing. What are you doing right now in terms of, you know, automation and different steps like that? And, and they might have a bit more of a conversation. But what you're looking to do with these questions yeah. is you're looking to insert case studies and testimonials of what you've done with people. There's a really great example recently. Um, one of my students, Brett, Brett Schwartz, and he's in my 12-month coaching program, he interviewed Kevin Harrington on his podcast. And we all know Kevin Harrington, right? The guy who created infomercials, notorious for like being one of the best salespeople in the entire universe. And the thought of selling to Kevin Harrington on a podcast might be intimidating for some people. 
But what Brett does is he actually does this really exciting and interesting thing called deferred tax. Just kidding. It's super boring, but he makes people yeah. a ton of money. <laughs> and uh, Brett, Brett, basically what, what he did was while he was talking to Kevin Harrington, he said, Kevin, I'm, I'm super interested because you do so many sales and da 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 da, da. What are you doing about um, your tax advisors, right? And he asked them a tax-related question. And then he said, oh, I love that. We've actually got a student right now and we do something called a deferred tax sales trust. That's probably not what it was called, but it was something like that. And what we're able to do is actually defer the tax so that if you sell a property that's 5 million or 10 million, you're actually deferring the tax and you don't pay it for another 10 years. So I, yeah, I, I love that technique you're using right there. We actually do something different and it's been super powerful. And then Kevin Harrington changed gears mid-interview. And he was like, oh. And then he started asking questions to Brett about deferred sales tax and, and understanding like what is this thing that he's got. And it's really interesting because I, I, I actually, he clipped up that six minutes of this entire conversation. And you can see that even though Kevin Harrington is the person being interviewed, he almost switches roles and he starts asking Brett all about his product and all about his service. And, and at one point he's like, so you're telling me that if I do $10 million worth of sales and I do X, Y, Z, I'll be able to defer the tax and I'm not going to have to pay for it till 2022. Brett's like, yeah, basically that's exactly it. And, and it's really interesting because when you can drop in and, and I gave that example of Brett, not to overwhelm anybody with tax mm. or anything like that, but it's just to give you guys the example that if you can work into the conversation what you do enough yeah. to get them curious to ask about it. That's when you've really won. Because just like when I did that interview and halfway through, she started asking me about it and Brett did the same thing. You basically just want to keep teasing them enough until their curiosity gets the better of them. And then they start coming to you and asking that question. You know, what are you doing with follow-up? Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. We just did this really simple click campaign and it's been crazy because usually they get XYZ sales and suddenly they're getting like 15 to 20 grand just on the second email. It's nuts. Wait, what? Tell me more about that. Right. Yeah, like I if you keep dropping those hints in of these wins and results, that's what's going to get them curious. Okay. This is making a lot more sense. Um, you know, it, so yes, you obviously want to be curious and, and pulling the gold out of their expertise. Um, but you also want to be mindful of these probing sales questions that don't make it seem like a blatant sales question. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And um, so it, obviously you want to, if you just see that angle, like you need to be aware of, okay, this is an opportunity to latch onto it and then reflect on how we've done it and then sort of make it an open-ended question. So, they be, so they're like, oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. And it's really, because, you know, because it's a backwards and forwards conversation and you're the interviewer, you're completely in control of where the conversation goes. So, you know, just like on this interview right now, you know, we talked a little bit about email. You, you could have asked some follow-up questions. You know, I know that we're friends and we want to, you know, create great value here. But if you wanted to go down that route, you, you really could have done. And, and, you know, tell me a little bit more about what you're doing with the email marketing strategy. You know, are you doing it for launches? Are you doing it for follow-up? Yeah, we had somebody recently who did the same thing. And it was crazy. One little tweak and suddenly it exploded. Not only their sales that they made, but the actual engagement. Like people on the back end were buying all sorts of products, right? You know, dropping in those little hints all the way through can be really, really powerful. And, and the thing that I've done that's been very useful to doing this is really just like creating a little pocketbook of what are the things that I can talk about that are going to drive curiosity. So I like to think of, you know, a couple of different topics I can talk about. 
So I'll talk about Facebook as communist China, right? I'll talk about email marketing and, and consumption rates because most people don't realize this, but you know, emails have 20% open rate. The average person who listens to one podcast episode is on average going to listen to 80% of everything you put out. So I really love that statistic because if you're doing email marketing and you're not getting open rates, it's cool to see that the people on your podcast are going to be listening content. So I always like to have, you know, these different topics I can talk about, but I have these results in my back pocket that I can share. Like Brett, for example, who right now he said from podcast closing, he's got $51,000 of recurring revenue every single month on 10 year deals. That means if he does nothing else for the rest of his life, he's going to have 50K coming in every month for the next 10 years. How's that for like a really cool result, huh? What does he do that that uh, that has 10 years of recurring. What is, yeah, everyone says that. What does he sell? <laughs> that sounds incredible. He, he sells he sells tax solutions. So it's, you know, usually it's on uh, a, yes. a long-term deal, which is pretty so cool, it's like, right? It's like, can, like, obviously you need me on your team to, you know, help make sure your tax is in order, do your tax return, find all the little loopholes and I'll be on your team to make sure it's all okay. That's a 10-year deal. How's that sound? That's That sort of thing? 100%. Yeah, exactly. Which is really cool, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, Jamie, I could keep talking over and over. I don't know how much longer you've got. We can edit this out if we want, but um, how much time have you got longer? I have got um, probably about another 15 minutes if that's, if that's cool with you. Okay. Um, if there's something else you wanted to talk about, I, I know I just got a bit off topic here, but I thought that was really good. We could end the episode there um, or we could just keep going because I've got more questions. Dude, up to you. Just keep firing questions at me. I'll just keep going all day. All right, cool. So yeah, my, my other little question is we've got like the, the sales sort of side done. Um, what have you found really good? Oh, what have you found best practice to attract people onto your show? Cause like I mentioned earlier on in this interview, um, it's, 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 you, you can't just have this assumption just cause you're a podcast. People will say yes to getting onto your show. So yeah, what have you found? I, I, what have you found best? I love this question. So, so I'll ask this question with, with another question, you know, have, uh, if you saw somebody who was a Forbes top 10 entrepreneur, yep. what would you think? What would you think? You'd think they were successful, right? That they, they've, they've done something great that they're really kind of out there and, you know, oh my gosh, you're a Forbes top 10 entrepreneur. That's pretty crazy. But what most people don't realize is that, is that the actual press space, the press release space, how you get on these publications the PR space is almost completely pay to play. And most people don't realize this. If you want to go and get into Forbes, if you want to get on Yahoo Finance, if you want to get in any yeah. of these publications, it's just pay to play. You pay somebody money and they get you into that article. And I had no idea about this when, you know, just a couple of months ago, but every time I saw somebody with a top 10, you know, I've been featured on Forbes, I've been featured here, I immediately associated that with an incredible level of authority. I thought these people are the real deal. So what is the most important thing to, to recognize is that whether you've got an Amazon best-selling book, whether you're a top podcaster, whether you've been on Forbes, is all of these things are leveraging authority. It's the same as if you win an Oscar or the Golden Globes, right? It gives you that recognition that you are somebody that needs to be paid attention to. And the game of getting the best people on your podcast is really about perception. People will come on your 
show if they think that you're going to be somebody that's going to be, you know, a sure thing, somebody that has got that authority. And yep. this is how yep. most people um, actually go from being nobody to somebody really, really powerful in a very short space of time. So when we look at our brand new podcasters, the people coming into the space, most people that I speak to who have launched a podcast, you know, when I ask them, hey, you know, what's your ranking for your podcast? Were you ever a top 200 or a top 100 podcaster? They have no idea. They're like, no, like I never thought I could compete against one of these people. So when we teach people to launch the podcast, you know, you know, from coming through the podcast Profit Lab Jewels, but this is one of the very first things we teach. We get people to rank in the top 200 and the top 100 charts really in the first 48 hours. And, and that's incredibly crucial for one real reason. It's not going to give you more listeners. It's not going to give you more downloads. What it gives you is credibility. And it only works if you use that credibility. If you get that top yeah. rank position and then you never mention it again, well, it's like it doesn't exist because nobody yeah. knows about it. But if you reach out to somebody and you're like, hey, what's up? My name's Jules. I've been interviewing this person, this person, and this person. I'm a top 100 podcaster, top 20 actually in Australia. And I want to interview you about your area of expertise suddenly people pay attention. And for me, that's one of the number one things you can do to be able to get as many of your dream customers to come onto your show. But the other, the other way you can do this is you can also leverage the other guests that you've had. So if you've got your, your chart position, that's like, cool, one notch in my belt. I've got something yep. amazing there. The yep. next thing you can leverage is the other people that you've interviewed. So recently I, I had um, Emily Hirsch come on my podcast, incredible seven-figure entrepreneur. She's done nearly $100 million in results for people who've signed up for a Facebook ad service from like $20 million in ad spend. Crazy. That's like a five times ROI. And what was cool is once I interviewed Emily, I was able to go and use that interview and say, hey, I actually just recently interviewed Emily Hirsch. Do you want to come on the show as well? And, and I actually had Alex Sharfen, who, you know, I'm a big fan of. He's, you know, he's the kind of coach for Russell Brunson. He's done, yeah. you know, multiple $10 million, incredible entrepreneur, very well respected in the space. He actually reached out to us. He said, hey, I would love to come on your show. I saw that you recently interviewed Emily Hirsch. Can I come on? So that's going to be somebody that we can leverage and get onto our show. So now we've interviewed people like Steve Larson, Rachel Peterson, a bunch of seven-figure entrepreneurs. We've interviewed a billionaire. We're going to be interviewing Alex Sharfman. These are all people that we can share with other people and say, look, we've interviewed these incredible people on our show. It's just like talk shows, right? Jay Leno says, I did this person and this person. This guy says, we've interviewed this person and this person. It's all about leveraging whatever you can to get people to come onto your show. And the truth yep. is, you know, once they get on and once they're talking to you, you'll be amazed at how they will see you sometimes as an equal most of the time, but actually a lot of the time they see you as somebody who is even higher up than them in authority. And what's really powerful about that as somebody who is, you know, either wanting to build a relationship, build a partnership, or even sell a product, you having that higher position, you know, to you, you might just think, oh, I'm just, who am I? I'm nobody. I'm just, you know, Jules on the podcast from, you know, Australia. And like, I, I'm this awesome dude, but I just think of myself as this regular guy. But to everybody else, they see you as this massive authority. And we sometimes forget that. And, and I think that's something that's really important to remember. Yeah, so much unpack there. You know, I think it's really, really powerful how you said um, you want to be using that credibility from when you first launch as your so-called status. Not one person in my outreach has said, how many downloads have you had? I've just used that little credibility thing like, great, sweet. And a little thing I might want to mention, I think I might want to add this too, is that 
you you clearly understand your your customer really well because your customer will know those people really well so any tips to my listeners would be you know make sure when you do show off who's been in your show it's actually congruent with that person you know like 100 percent, right because yeah. if you don't understand who your customer is and you don't understand who they're following like why would they even care like if somebody came up to me and gina my girlfriend she loves like chefs like she is always watching the chef shows she's like beat bobby flay like all of these people on like the american chef shows but she t- she rattles off these names of these expert michelin star chefs i got no bloody clue who these people are but to people yeah. who know i mean they really know and that's exactly. what's important to remember is that using the power of celebrity within your niche is really really powerful you have people like um jason fladlin the 100 million dollar webinar man this is what he does with his intros and his webinars he leverages celebrity and other people that he's had a relationship with to gain that trust and respect from the audience. And you can do the same thing, but you're dead right. It has to be relevant. And sometimes, you know, you can actually give them the relevance, right? So if somebody in my audience doesn't know who Russell Brunson is, I can say, you know, hey, look, you know, I haven't had him on yet, but like, hey, we've had Russell come on our show. He's actually the creator behind the $100, $200 million click funnels company, which helped over a million entrepreneurs go out and serve the space. And he's on track to be uh, you know, a billion dollar company. So even if they don't know who the person is, you can tell them who that person is and why they should care. And, and that's yeah. another really cool thing about that moment is even if they don't know who they are, you can tell them who that person is and why they're a big deal. Yeah. And, and just out of curiosity, um, I like to use it in the PS. I'd be like, PS, um, I love to have on my show, I've been on this and this thing. And, uh, you know, hit reply if this interests you. Because some people m- might be wondering, like, how do I structure this? Like, whether it's an outreach or how do I not sound so self absorbed? Um, yeah, just, just curious. And honestly, you know, I'm. My favorite way to do this, and I'll share this with you guys because it's literally so quick to do it, is just to send them an audio message or, or mm-hmm. a quick video. And I literally will send a 45-second audio message, and it's like, hey, what's up? My name's Jamie. I run the Changemakers podcast. We're a top 20 uh, podcast in the entrepreneurship space. I absolutely love what you do. I, I, I'm a massive, massive fan. I saw your recent episode where you were sharing how you made 160K from those 2,000 people on that email list. Huge fan. Would love for you to come and share your expertise. Let me know if you're down. Don't worry if not. I just thought it would be a cool chance to connect with you. And yeah. that very, very simple you know, 45 second phrase is what we've used time and time again. And the success rate is phenomenal with it. And it's really just a very easy ask. But the, the, the key thing in that sentence is the final bit. Hey, I just wanted to connect. Don't worry if not. I thought it would just be, you know, a good idea to reach out. And exactly. giving people the opportunity to say no usually makes them more likely to say yes. It's kind yeah. of counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a few things he's done that. First, he's done the credibility. Second, he, you know, he's actually given a shit and listened to the episode. That's really important. Um, and then the last one is like, you've given them a way out. It's like, no stress. I have no attachment if you say yes or no. And that's a real powerful persuasion tool. Um, cool. Hey, Jamie, you know, I think I'm going to have to wrap this up. We've been talking for a while. I could keep going, but I'll let you go on with your day. Uh, if there's any way you like to, you know, plug what you're doing, your podcast, uh, more than happy for you to just go ahead. 
Yeah, no worries. I, I, honestly, the biggest thing I want to help you guys to understand is so many of you may be listening to this episode and you're like, oh my gosh, like, how do I do this? How do I learn more about podcast closing? How do I launch my own show? You know, if you're here and you're thinking, Jamie, I really want to learn how to launch my own show, just like Jules has done, just reach out to me on Instagram. It's at Jamie Atkinson. Just shoot me a message. Tell me you were listening to this episode and you're interested or just comment podcast and uh, I'll make sure to kind of give you all of the resources you need to have success. Other than that, we have an amazing free community called Podcasting 101 on Facebook. You guys can go to join Podcasting 101. And uh, actually, if you uh, if you want to hang out with me and Gina on our own podcast, you guys can listen to the Changemakers podcast with me and my amazing, very, very funny girlfriend, Gina. And you guys can check that out at changemakersmovement.com forward slash podcast. It's a good podcast. You guys are entertaining when you... <laughs> it's like you have this dynamic pre-roll ramble and i'm just like this isn't scripted and it's just it's refreshing to listen to so definitely we have this, yeah we have this really cool thing where because me and gina you know we actually like each other as a couple you know most people have this kind of like this this magnetism between a couple you see it all the time when you meet couples but most people don't actually share that on air and me and gina we just go balls to the wall and, and share that all the time and yeah we end up in some very random conversations but it's, it's fun a, right it's a smart move i very good idea thanks a lot <laughs> for coming on to the storytelling secrets jamie no worries thanks jules take all right that is a wrap for episode 99 You've probably got 99 problems, but not starting podcast ain't one. Oh, I had to say it. So in saying that, I uh, like Jamie said, I would definitely go recommend that uh, if you're on the fence about starting a podcast, uh, or even if you, you just you're looking for new ways to to get clients, um, I really I, I vouch for podcast closing, and it's not as sleazy as it sounds. It's just podcasting is the ultimate relationship tool. That's why I love it. So, like Jamie said, if you want to go get inside of his Facebook group, you want to go to we. Uh, I'll link that in the description below. Or if you just want to say, "Hey, I'm you're super keen. You're like, hey, I want to do this." I'll leave his Instagram handle below. Um, and, and yeah, like I said, I don't plug stuff very often, so. When I say go and do this, if you're on the fence, it's, um, yeah, you know, it's good shit. Anyways, this is Jules Dan. Have a good week and I'll see you on Monday for episode 100. I've got something special for episode 100. So I didn't just sweep it under the rug, okay? I did something for you. So have a listen. Come back on Monday. It's a bit different than normal. You're going to love it. See you then.